Welcome to my podcast. My name is Jamin Gerker. I'm a realtor in South Central Alaska, and my mission is to help people build intentional and significant legacies for themselves and their families by coaching them in real estate. Today, I'm very lucky to be joined by a friend of mine who recently moved up from Arizona. He and his wife, their story is actually pretty unique. They've actually lived in Alaska before. And, you know, they lived in the lower 48 and they just recently moved back here. So, you know, please welcome uh, Paulo to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for being here. So, oh, yeah. so I guess the, the first story is, you know, like I said, it's kind of unique that we have people who move from Alaska and then end up coming back. I mean, especially when you've got such drastic different climates going on there, going from Arizona to Alaska. So um, can you kind of give us um, like a 30,000 foot view of what your story looked like? Both uh, grew up here as kids. And uh, so, of course, we had to go explore the world and get out of here, you know, as we got into our early 20s. And, uh, you know, after doing that, uh, we, we've kind of seen a lot of the world and just um, missed Alaska, really. And we both have family here. So um, and we were just kind of uh, ready for a change, ready to get out of the heat and back to some seasons and uh, harvesting from the land more, you know, which Alaska has a lot to offer. We're really into that. And um, so we decided to come back. Good deal. Yeah, I bet you guys are really looking forward to getting down and doing some dip netting on the Kenai again. Absolutely. Yep. That and hunting and just uh, exploring so much to do here. Oh, for sure. For sure. So when you guys lived here before, did you both live in Anchorage or where all did you live? Yes, we did. We actually both grew up in Anchorage and, um, you know, we would run through the valley here where we live now, where we bought just buzzing through going up north, uh, different directions, going through Palmer. And uh, it was never really a destination, the valley, you know, it was just kind of something we uh, would blaze through. But now coming back as an adult, I have a different appreciation for it and uh, just decided it, it, it fit us better than living in the city again. Yeah. Well, I remember us talking about that before that, um, you know, what you guys were looking at, you were looking more like the South side of Anchorage when we first got started looking. Yeah. And I kind of suspected we were going to end up in the Matsu at some point, but yeah. <laughs> uh, just the way things had kind of like changed and developed here since you guys lived here. But um, was that, kind of a surprise for you guys when you got here and saw like well let me ask that real quick like have you noticed like a difference in the different areas since you guys lived here the um neighborhood seemed to be about the same you know the feel of different parts of town that hasn't seemed to change much i guess what was surprising is just the value that you could find in the valley compared to what you could in certain parts of Anchorage, you know, that we were looking anyways, and what we were looking for, because we were looking for acreage and land that we could use and, you know, a, a house that we would be happy in, you know, um, so just was able to find the whole package more per se in the valley rather than having to settle, you know, for one thing or another in the valley. Right, right. And I mean, down uh... in Anchorage. Yeah, I mean that that same house would have been like probably like eight nine hundred bucks over in Anchorage. So, <laughs> yeah, that that's the thing is, and we really started seeing that um, the more we looked in Anchorage, and also just kind of getting an idea of where we were from and having the property 
you know, visualizations of property and value down there. And then kind of coming up here and comparing our money and land and all that, the Valley just started to make more and more sense. Yep, absolutely. So I guess let's go and back up a little bit then. Um, you guys, you know, we're looking at moving up here. You kind of have an idea for what, you know, what areas you're going to be moving into. Um, what were some of the, the big initial challenges for you guys? Because most people, it's just not knowing what they don't know and kind of being a, kind of paralyzed about that. But um, was there like, were there any big initial challenges for you guys from, from your perspective? Uh, well, we were trying to, yeah, moving to Alaska, I think is a challenge always. So we were trying to make things move efficiently as far as getting all our things up here, getting up here before winter. We didn't really want to move up here during the winter. And then also trying to find a home while we were trying to sell our existing home in our other state. That was a little tricky timing wise. Uh, it all seemed to work itself out, but it was certainly a lot of running back and forth. And lucky for us, we do know Alaska, so we kind of had some direction. And we have family up here, so they helped us out, too, by going and looking at stuff for us, doing drive-bys for us, or even just giving us advice on, hey, you don't want to even go to that neighborhood or check this neighborhood out. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of realtors, they kind of fear bringing family into the equation, but in my experience, it's actually helped a lot because family can tell you guys stuff that I'm not allowed to say according to Alaska fair or well, just fair housing in general. <laughs> like I, yeah, I, I can't be like, yeah, you might not want to do that one. Um, right. But yeah, so a family member certainly can. So it's always nice to have that other person there. <laughs> I was surprised to find how slim the pickings are around here, you know, actually looking for a house and stuff. It's, it is tricky. Perhaps we just caught it at a, a thin time, but um, you know, it was, it was challenging. I mean, what's crazy is according to the inventory, we're actually seeing that there was like more properties on the market when we were looking versus like the same time last year. I see. So yeah, it's, I mean, but then again, kind of what you guys were looking at though, like Perhaps it's picky. Yeah. yeah, not, not great pickings to begin with. So <laughs> that was yeah. uh, that was probably a big part of it. Definitely. Um, so when you guys came up here, I do know that you guys went and used the ferry and what made you decide to, to use the ferry as opposed to jumping on the Alcan? Cause that's um, kind of the route I've seen a lot of people use when they're deciding when they're coming up here. Taking the ferry. Yeah. Um, we, we weighed all the options and having dogs with us. And we also had a lot of, um, our things that we were trying to get up here in a few different ways two vehicles, uh, pulling a trailer, all that. So after weighing all the odds and then the COVID thing too, with driving through Canada, they're a little strict right now with certain things. And, you know, we just decided it would be easier for us to hop on the ferry with our vehicles, with our dogs. Now that did come with its own set of challenges, but it was nice to relax on the ferry for five days and just, uh, cruise through the channel and all that. Um, it was definitely an interesting way to come up to Alaska and we had never done it before too. So that also intrigued us. Really? You guys never did the ferry before? Never had been up through actually a lot of those towns we saw we'd never been to. So that yeah. was kind of cool. You know, you get to check those off. It's like the wettest part of Alaska though. <laughs> you know, it's, 
so wet. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like the Seattle version of Alaska is really what it is for all intents and purposes. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, we think it's wet here now. It's it's not that's light over there. I think they're getting six to eight inches of rain a day. Oh, geez, it's too much. It's too much. Like, I don't mind an occasional like overcast rainy day, but when it just Mm. becomes an entire season, that's um, it gets to be a little much. Yeah, definitely. Yep, absolutely. So did so you yeah, guys... Um, oh, sorry. Uh, to continue on with the ferry, uh, I'd say the most challenging part about that was the dogs. Traveling with your dogs is a little tricky on the ferry. Uh, just the way they have it set up. You know, they accommodate you the best they can, but it's a large moving vessel with lots of machinery and vehicles down there. And uh, they got to keep everybody safe. You know, and uh, there's a lot of people that handle their dogs differently. And uh, you got to clean up after your dog. And there's not really a designated place for your dog to go. So it's it's really weird for the dogs because they don't even feel like they should be going there. They're not used to it. You know, we train them not to go in places like that. And then that's where you're now trying to get them to go. You know, we had one of our dogs. We definitely held it for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, no. So, I mean, I remember taking a dog on the ferry at one point too. And I mean, she held it for like three days until we got off the boat. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's, that can't be good. (laughs) It can't be good long-term. But yeah. So for people who, you know, are kind of wondering what is the ferry's policies on, on dogs. So um, a lot of questions that get from people, Hey, can I take a take my dog up with me up on the main deck Can I have the dog with me can you know no what was interesting is there were a few people who had their dogs cruising around the ferry with them wherever they went but they were therapy dogs so they had the therapy vests on and I don't know if that was something they figured out like a little loophole like hey I got a therapy vest now I can take my dog everywhere but that was only a few people. Everybody else had to keep their dogs down on the lower deck with the vehicles. And we were allowed to visit them every four to six hours, just depending on what was going on. And you were able to take them off at certain ports. So that was nice. We were able to get out, stretch the legs, run the dogs around on some real grass and stuff, and then hop back on the ferry. Um, that was That was really nice. Yeah, I almost wonder if there's a way you can, because I know like some breeds of dogs, they're like really known for being anxious. And I mean, it does stay fairly loud down there in them, you know, down there on the lower deck where you're keeping the dogs because you've got all the machinery going on around there and it, it does get pretty loud down there. I wonder if there's a way you can like soundproof the car. I'm but, sure everybody had different setups, you know, that we were seeing. I bet you could. Yeah. So did you guys like book a cabin or did you do the uh, sleeping out mm-hmm. on the deck? Yeah. We did not book a cabin. We decided to go ahead. We thought it'd be fun to sleep out on the deck. And it was fun the first night or two, but then it was uh, <laughs> rains for the next three nights. So we ended up just pulling our tent down. Our tent actually got soaked um, in Ketchikan. There was a deluge in Ketchikan and, uh, you know, we went into town when we got back to the boat, the water, there was so much water on the deck. It actually went underneath the tent 
and permeated the bottom of the tent somehow. So everything got wet from underneath. Oh. Uh, so we pulled our tent and stuff and just went under the awning, which was really nice. Cause they have that, they have like heat lamps there. And, uh, you know, that was great. And they have like, uh, lounge chairs that you can use. And we slept there for the next three nights, I think. And by the fourth or fifth night, everybody else had pulled their tents off the deck. Literally it started with like 10 tents on the deck. And by the fourth or fifth night, there was zero tents left. The weather just got so bad. Everybody pulled their tents down. I mean, we were saving tents from flying off the side of the boat. That's how bad the wind was getting. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not what people were signing up for when they uh, initially went out there. <laughs> yeah, I guess you just never know. You know, we asked some of the ship guys if the tents ever actually blow over the side. And they, they said that it happens every once in a while, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's like, you hope there was no one in it, but <laughs> <laughs> at least I hope you not, none of your good stuff was in there. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you don't, you don't have like all your primary identification papers, like your social, your passport, all that good stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Your nice sleeping bags or. Oh you know. yeah. That wouldn't be good. Cause no. I've, um, I've done the thing where I've tried to go like sleep in like the forward lounge in the ferry mm. before and it's it's more comfortable than not it is definitely not designed for people to just be sleeping in there though <laughs> no no it was interesting i think if we did it again we probably would get a cabin um you know but a lot of people were complaining about their cabins being really stuffy and hot it was really warm when we left washington probably for uh, uh 24 to 48 48 hours it was really warm and humid and so it was nice to be on the deck at that point. And the people in the cabins were complaining it was hot and stuffy. But later, once it was rainy and cold, then, you know, they were fine and we were miserable. <laughs> the tables have turned. Yeah. So did you guys just bring food with you on the ferry or were you able to use like all the galley setup and everything they had there? We did a little of both. You know, we brought some of our own food and snacks and, um, alcohol actually and then um we did use some of the boat services too which uh was nice the food actually was you know not bad had a couple decent meals on there just depends what you got you know what you chose to get um yeah it was great well good deal good deal do you have any um um other than probably getting the cabin for next time any tips you would have for people who are um, considering going the ferry route uh, you, well, if you are taking your dogs, you have to get all their paperwork in order, you know, before you show up and they definitely check you out. You got to have all their current vaccines and all that good stuff. So that's something you definitely want to get in order. Um, other than that, I would say the the tent thing on the deck is pretty fun if it's not rainy, uh, you know, and you want to figure out ways to strap down your tent on the deck which everybody uses duct tape, of course. But we were finding that people have, you know, there's different grades of duct tape out there. So you want to get the beefy, like Gorilla Glue duct tape because in the rain and all those conditions, that actually seemed to work okay. The flimsy, cheap duct tape wasn't working for people. Yeah, if it's coming from the Dollar Tree, it's probably just not going to hack it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No. Yeah, I mean, I've never gone and slept on the deck before, but 
yeah, I've definitely done the ferry a number of times. And that's kind of been the, the story I've gotten from people that have, have done that too, where it's really nice if, you know, the weather is nice and is, I mean, it's just Alaska in the summertime. So it's just going to be, you know, sun 24 yeah. seven and you'll have like the really pretty scenery as you're going by. So it's really hard to beat that. But yeah, if it starts raining, it's not the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did meet some really cool people, though. You know, it's amazing the people you meet on there and everybody's different reasons for coming up to Alaska. And quite a few people that we met up there were moving up there and had never lived in Alaska. So that was really interesting, getting all their different stories and why they're moving up there. Just such vast, extreme reasons why people come to Alaska. And that's always really interesting. That's really a, an interesting part of it because on the ferry, you're, you're kind of forced to like slow down because your phone isn't working. And, you know, with the exception of like maybe a couple Wi-Fi hotspots, like here and there along the way in different, different ports, like you're just not going to have a way to contact the outside world. And so you're kind of forced to like, like you kind yeah. of alluded to, like talk to people. And for a lot of people, like, it's really good to kind of force you to like, kind of stop and start ruminating man why am i doing this <laughs> well i was surprised pleasantly surprised how social everybody seemed to be on the boat and just like you said it was just people just come up to you and start striking up a conversation on why you're going to alaska and what are you doing and that's kind of it was pretty cool <laughs> yeah i bet you guys were probably the only ones i could say that you were actually moving back though <laughs> i think we, no we weren't oh my wife says we were not <laughs> oh really okay <laughs> guess this is uh this is going to be a trend hopefully <laughs> yeah actually that there was another lady moving back who had grown up here and uh we all had actually gone to the same schools and ran in the same circles just never really knew each other and she's coming back to uh, her mom passed and she's taking over the house and moving back to man that's wild like, yeah you just never know who you're gonna meet on the ferry <laughs> yeah outstanding all right so you guys got here we're closed on the house you guys are, are still in the process of kind of getting yourselves moved in um, kind of living in the, the wasilla area at this point and you guys have lived in anchorage most of your life and yeah. now this is you know this is wasilla though so what are what are kind of your impressions so far well, I, li I like the uh, rural feel of Wasilla. And I mean, obviously the scenery, it's pretty hard to beat. I think the mountains around here got the, the, the mountains around Anchorage beat, you know, just as far as stunningness of mountains goes. So the, the natural beauty around here, I think it's just more accessible and it's easier to look at. When you're in Anchorage, you know, you got, it's a bigger city and it's more built up. And you have the ocean on one side, which is beautiful to look at, but you're just not surrounded by as many mountains or rivers. Um, so I, I like that about Wasilla, and that's kind of what drew me to it, is that feel. Um, but I think it does have a little bit of a, it's, it does have a bit of a fast pace, surprisingly, for a small town. You know, it's a, it's a little bit rushed or, you know, there, there's definitely a certain vibe to it too though that it's hard to put your finger on yeah so here's here's kind of the interesting thing when you see people around here it's usually going to be when they're going to work so 
Like my theory is like, and they're going to work over in Anchorage. So, I mean, everyone's trying to get out for like that, that 40, 50 minute commute. So, I mean, my, my theory is that it kind of feels that way. Cause I know what you're talking about. My theory is, is it feels that way because yeah, when you see everybody like they're on a mission, they're trying to, trying to get somewhere ASAP. That makes sense. They got somewhere to go. Also, I, the infrastructure up here in Wasilla, it, you basically got, you know, what is it, a four lane road going through the whole city and that's going up north and down south and that's it. And everybody has to go through that little section to get to Anchorage or to go up north or just to get around Wasilla. Yeah. And I mean, that's like the main highway for the entire state. <laughs> yes. So you definitely feel that congestion and that sense of urgency, like get out of my way almost just through that little section. And then once you get past that and you're like basically heading towards Anchorage just outside of Wasilla, it seems to really mellow out. The traffic opens up. There's hardly anybody on the road most of the time. And it just that feels way more relaxed to me. And then after Wasilla as well, it's just that little stretch of town. It's pretty congested. It's pretty tight. Yeah, I think it's that uh, that KGB, and yeah. it's yeah the KGB, and it's the um uh, let's see the Main Street like those two intersections. Palmer Wasilla Highway. Yes, yeah. I mean they are, yeah they they can get pretty congested. It's and, pretty backed up. Yeah, I mean if you hit it during the rush hour and people are trying to leave or you know getting back from work from Anchorage, yeah. like. You will, uh, you'll end up having to wait like an entire 10, 15 minutes, which I realize for most people, that's going to sound like really whining, but, uh, <laughs> you know what? That's bad for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because it just feels like big city traffic in a little small town, you know, you're just not expecting it, but it, that has that feel right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the reason is like the infrastructure we have, like it was built for like seven, 8,000 people. Exactly. I mean, they can handle that pretty well, but now we've got like, you know, 10,000 people who are here now. So suddenly that starts, starts making the whole thing feel a little bit smaller than it actually is. Yeah, definitely. That's really the only thing that I've noticed that, um, you know, was a surprise really that just how congested it can be. And when I, we'll see what it's like in the wintertime too. Yeah. Did you really spend a whole lot of time driving on the roads when you were here before? I did. I drove a lot. Like I said, we drove through uh, Palmer, Wasilla. We would go up to Hatcher's Pass all the time as kids. So we were on the roads a lot, um, but just not daily commuting through here. You know, it's, it's a bit different. I'm just trying to time it, you know, time it a little differently. Yeah. I mean, I've found like the first couple of weeks when you're up here, like there's kind of an adjusting period where everyone's kind of driving a little bit on the slower side and getting back into the swing of it and people realizing, Oh shoot, my car's not actually winterized. I need to go do this, this, and this. Yeah. And um, yeah, it can be a little slow the first couple of weeks, but after that people are usually pretty good, but Oh, one thing you need to look out for. So um, for a lot of people, this is going to be their first winter up here. And, you know, it's a very transitory state, so we just expect that. But you can probably vouch for this, but there's a lot of people where it's their first time driving on snow. And it oh, is. Wow. Gotcha. Yeah. 
oh so obvious which ones they are when you're, when you're out there driving. <laughs> I've noticed even in the heavy rain, you know, it's, it's the people who fly by you going 80 miles an hour when it's pouring rain, you know, they don't care. They're generally the ones that are going to end up in the ditch. Yeah, nine times out of 10, nine yeah. times out of 10. And I hate to say it, but yeah, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of people on these big oversized trucks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like you of all people should not be, uh, should not be driving too aggressively right now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I'd rather just take it slow and, and get there, you know? And I also saw they have a, the bus runs from Wasilla to Anchorage. I'm not sure if I'll ever do that, but maybe one day I'll check it out just to see what that's like. You know, people keep mentioning this bus. Is it, is it like that, that people mover? The people mover. And I, I saw a spot in Wasilla where they have a parking area. You park your car, you leave it there, you hop on the bus and then you, you go to town. You know, you might have to make all the other jumps in town though, to get where you need to go. That's the, that's the question. But, uh, you know, it's worth looking into, especially on the really bad weather days, it might be worthwhile. Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, it's, I mean, I, I kind of got spoiled because with the old car I had, the Honda Accord hybrid, I got like 45, 50 miles to the gallon. So like I could not, the gas prices going up, I didn't feel like really mattered to me very much, but, you know, got a new vehicle recently. Still, it does pretty well, but I'm, you know, probably spending upwards of $200 a month having to commute over to Anchorage at this point. So, oh still no. pretty- yeah, still, uh, yeah, it, it can get a little spendy, but still not nearly as bad as some people. Like one guy I was talking to, and he actually lives in Eagle River, but I was talking with him and he's got like you know, a big F-250 truck. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I spend like 150 like every two weeks or so or every week <laughs> yeah i i think it'll be costing me maybe 150 200 a week if i drive my ford f-150 from wasilla to anchorage yeah it you're was- uh yeah you might be looking at that people mover pretty seriously so i might be <laughs> even if i supplemented one day a week of doing it or something you know it could help yeah i mean that all adds up i mean you yeah. put the wood stove on top of that and i mean the, the savings just start rolling up <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what you got to do up here yeah exactly all right so real quick then um for people who are you know thinking of moving to alaska maybe they're not sure where yet but they're just they have an idea they might be moving up here um just in general what are some pros and cons of alaska that that you would give someone if you're an outdoorsy person or you like nature and adventure, then Alaska is hard to beat. Um, you also have to be ready for some challenge with the weather and things like that. Things are more unpredictable here, I would say, than in other places weather-wise. Um, if you're not outdoorsy and you're not into nature or getting out and challenging yourself, maybe Alaska is not the best place because it is going to be a constant challenge. Yeah, I think it's a good thing in a good way. Um, but that's, I think that's how you, you're going to enjoy your time in Alaska is if you get out into it. You can't just stay hidden in your house and, 
not go anywhere, not get outside here. You just kind of have to do it. Yeah. I mean, one way to look at it is in other places, like they'll put a lot of effort into trying to entertain you, but that's pretty much going to be non-existent when you're in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. You got to find your own sources of entertainment and, uh, you know, it's, it's a unique lifestyle. That's for sure. I mean, there is the big city life here too, for sure that you can find in Anchorage. Um, but the winter still will have an effect, you know, on, on everybody. So I believe the best way to get through the winters is to get out there and enjoy them. You know? Yep. Agreed. Do you guys have any, um, any big winter activities you're going to be jumping into? Oh, we've got a lot of plans, but, uh, you know, just kind of get through this first winter and get geared up again. I believe, you know, and having good gear for all the seasons here is, is another whole thing that is important. You know, good gear helps you stay out there longer and not suffer as much. So just trying to dial all that back in again for all the different things we want to do. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time, but uh, we're going to slowly do that. Yeah. Well, one thing you guys should definitely invest in would be a paddle board, just because you can literally use that like out the back door almost. <laughs> definitely. definitely. And that's something that's on the list, you know, for uh, next spring, for sure. I'd like to get some cross country skis too, so we could ski across the lake and around here, all the trails. That seems super fun. That'd be good. Would you do the, the classic skis or the skate skis? Um, probably the classic for a while and then you know maybe see about skate skiing maybe even do a little ski drawing with the dogs you know get the dog harness and get them <laughs> pulled. put them to work yep and they get they get their exercise too yeah i think everybody wins there like yep. yeah those are really good um, i've really been wanting to get the snowshoes because you can actually oh, just fun. Yeah. yeah just go like straight up the side of a mountain with those and you know it just ain't no thing uh, of course, there's always snowboarding and skiing, which we have Alieska and Hatcher's Pass, Arctic Valley, um, you know, Hilltop. All you know, all those resorts are pretty close drive, and then the backcountry stuff is everywhere. Um, so you know, we did a lot of that as kids up here. So eventually, I'll get back into all that. But um, you know, I got to get geared up. <laughs> yeah, it it can take a little while for sure. I mean, yeah, starting to see why. Like I didn't get it when I first got up here as an adult. I was like, man, how come like everybody up here like wants these enormous oversized garages? And I mean, I get it now. Like you've got all these like toys and stuff and gear you're going to be using <laughs> and yeah. um, you're going to have a different set for every season. So it starts taking up a lot of space really quickly. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd really like to get into some boating and, and all of that and, really hit the fishing pretty hard, uh, come next year. So that's kind of on our list of things too, to get into. All right, Paulo, I do really appreciate you kind of taking your, uh, taking some time to kind of share your story and what your all's experience has been so far with living up here. Um, you guys do also have a, a tattoo business and you're a very accomplished artist as well. And you guys are going to be taking uh, appointments. I know pretty soon here for those who are looking at, um, getting some tattoos, wanting to explore more of what your your art is, where's the best place for them to find it? Oh, thanks for that, Jamin. I appreciate that. Um, our tattoo shop is called Divinity Tattoo. 
And our website is divinitytattoo.com. You can check out some of our tattoo work there and other art. And I am on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and that's just Paolo Acuna, um, just my full name. Um, and you can see artwork there, tattooing, all the above. And I am currently booking for appointments. So once I have my building, I will be taking on my clients. Uh, so yeah, feel free to get a hold of me if anybody's interested. Outstanding. We'll make sure all that is linked in the show notes down below. But, you know, again, thank you very much. And you know, I'm looking forward to having you guys right down the road. Awesome. Good to see you again, Jamin. Thanks for the house, too. We really appreciate it. We're loving it. Thanks for everything you guys did. You and Miriam. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you. And we'll, um, I'm sure it's just a matter of time till we uh, touch base with you guys again. <laughs> awesome. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.